Welcome to The Theatre Project. Today, The Theatre Project is thinking about unsung women who wrote plays. Mark Spina and Lynn Marie Macy sit down to discuss New Perspectives Theatre Company's project On Her Shoulders, which strives to make it impossible for producers and theatre companies to deny or ignore the 1,000-year history and value of women's contribution to the theatrical canon. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Mark Spina, and I'm here today with Lynn Marie Macy, who is a member of the Theater Project's Playwrights Workshop. Good morning, Lynn Marie. Good morning, Mark. I'm happy to be here and have the opportunity to talk about theater and writing with you. Well, we're so happy to have you and grateful for your time. Uh, I want to let everybody know that Lynn Marie is the associate producer of the On Her Shoulders Project at New Perspectives Theater, and she'll be telling us more about that shortly. But first, Lynn Marie, let's talk a little bit about you and and your playwriting. I first got to know you uh, because of your adaptation of the Jane Austen novel, Northanger Abbey. And I know that uh, history is a special focus for you in your writing. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Jane Austen Project and some of the other plays that you've written? Sure. The play is called Northanger Abbey, a romantic gothic comedy, and it's an adaptation of Jane Austen's novel, Northanger Abbey. And it was one of her lesser known novels, and which is one of the reasons I chose that to do an adaptation of, because I thought it was a delightful work and very funny. And the adaptation really emphasizes the comedy and a lot of people very much enjoyed that. And it was very successful at the time. And that is, I imagine, how it ended up in the uh, anthology called Playing with Canons, Explosive New Works from Great Literature by America's Indie Playwrights. And every play that is in that book is an adaptation of some form of literature from the past. So our Northanger Abbey had been produced in at three different theaters, but the theater where it was produced when the when the uh, publication came out was Theater 1010 in Manhattan. And it was at a time when small theaters in New York City were, were very creative and very numerous. And Martin Denton, who was the editor of this book, was a very well-known reviewer of indie playwrights, which is basically off-off Broadway. So that's that's how that all came to happen, and it was a very exciting time. I have always enjoyed Jane Austen, and I have another of her novels, more obscure one. I adapted it. Lady, it's called Lady Susan or the Captive Heart, and you're familiar with that. I believe we did a reading of that. Yes, I, I remember it well. Yes. Truly enjoyed that. I have been working on it and working on it, and we had a, another stage reading of it at Theater 2020, which is in Brooklyn, another, you know, very wonderful theater company. And it went so well that I have very high hopes for that play in the future of that play. How did that get started? On Her Shoulders is a project at New Perspectives Theater, and it promotes a change in the world's understanding of what women writers have accomplished throughout history. And it's a reclaiming of the lost history of women writing plays and the teaching of that lost history 
ideally leading to greater empowerment and knowledge for contemporary women who write plays. And as a writer myself, I can say that it is very empowering to feel a part of a thousand year long tradition of women writing plays. And that's why the program is called On Her Shoulders. It was begun initially in 2013 and it sprang as an initiative from 5050 in 2020, which is an event that happened in 2009, a community meeting of women theater artists in New York City that was sponsored by the Women's Theater Project, the League of Professional Theater Women and New Perspectives Theater. And it was to raise awareness about the situation of women theater artists in professional theater and the fact that less than, this was in 2009, and in 2009, less than 20% of plays in that were produced by professional theaters were written by women. And it also covered designers and directors who were women as well and, and their work situation. And it was to raise awareness in the theater community and to bring the idea of activism to change this situation, which is why it was called 50-50 in 2020. That was the goal, to have 50% of plays by women and 50% of plays by men by the year 2020. Unfortunately, that goal was not reached. And according to The Count, which is a, an organization that measures these things, it has gone in an upward trajectory. And we we have managed to get to 30%. This was in the year 2022. And people are still working towards this goal. And this meeting was the inspiration of many initiatives, including On Her Shoulders and Expand the Canon and uh, theaters like Parody Productions and educational organizations like History Matters, Back to the Future, where they encourage young uh, women to write plays in universities. Because we are achieving some success, uh, women theater artists and uh, we at On Her Shoulders are continuing this work to expand the canon of women writers and knowledge and we hope the productions of women writers. But it was a grassroots collective of artists presenting historical, unknown, or lesser-known plays that were written by women, and these plays were presented in staged readings. And in 2014, the artistic director, Melody Brooks, who's the artistic director of New Perspectives, took over the running of the project and newly emphasized the key elements of the presentation being accompanied by dram dramaturgical essays about the plays and the playwrights in historical and cultural context, as well as their biographical backgrounds. So would we have heard of these playwrights, Lynn Marie, or are these playwrights who are re being rediscovered by this project? It's entirely possible some of them you have heard of, depending on your background in you know theater studies. Afra Ben is a very well-known playwright now. Perhaps 30 years ago she was not, but she was the woman who made her living writing plays. She was is considered the first professional woman playwright. And she lived during the restoration period of English history. But there's also Susanna Sentliver and Fanny Burney and a, a number of names like that that are, are a little bit more well-known. 
And then there are a lot of unknown women who wrote plays and even American women. And I have some names that you may be familiar with, like Rachel Carruthers, who actually wrote 30 Broadway plays, and Mercedes de Costa, Zora Neale Hurston, Don Powell, Susan Glassbell, Alice Childress, who is having a bit of a renaissance right now. More theaters are becoming interested in her work. Plays like The Wedding Band and Trouble in Mind. And then there are early American playwrights, Susanna Rosen, Mercy Otis Warren, Pauline Hopkins. Mercy Otis Warren and Susanna Rosen lived and wrote during the American Revolution, and their plays were very political and definitely were written in support of the, the Patriots. Pauline Hopkins, and she was a writer in the United States, and it is believed that her play, Peculiar Sam, or The Underground Railroad, was the first play written by an African-American woman. And she was an actor, and she started a theater company. And she is known for her novels and short stories. And, in fact, a short story called Palma Gordon is often named the first African-American mystery story. So... She was a pioneer in many ways. They're the playwrights that are lesser known, but they indeed were successful in their own lifetimes in writing, having their plays produced, and getting published. So they were published at the time. Are they still available today or available on the Internet? How can we find these plays? They are uh, available online if you're willing to do some research. There's also another group called Hedge Pig Ensemble who has their own group called Expand the Canon. And they are putting together a database of scripts as New, New Perspectives on Her Shoulders is putting together a database of playwrights. So we are finding the information about the women who wrote plays and gathering that information all in one place. So hopefully it will be a nice resource for anyone who is interested in finding classical and historical plays about women in one spot. But when I first began doing the research to discover more scripts by women, I was very much surprised by how many women writers there were throughout history and across cultures and countries who have never been translated into English. So, Lynn Marie, let's talk about your role with the On Her Shoulders project. You mentioned that you're researching, and, and now you've hinted at translation. How did you get involved with the On Her Shoulders project, and, and how has your role changed since your initial involvement? When uh, Melody Brooks, the artistic director of New Perspectives, took over On Her Shoulders, and they were producing the productions themselves, not the productions, but the staged readings. She asked me if I could direct two of the oldest pieces, and they were by Horasvita of Gandersheim and Hildegard von Bingen. And both of these plays are around a thousand years old. Mm, wow. And two, they're two short plays that were originally written in Latin. And I believe this is around 2017. And she asked me also to write a biographical essay for Catherine Trotter's Fatal Friendship 
about the life of Catherine Trotter, who was another woman who wrote plays, and she wrote at the end of the 1600s. And I have been directing a number of these readings since then, and I was very challenged by Estelle Anna Lewis. She was a contemporary of Edgar Allan Poe, and she wrote a play called Sappho of Lesbos, and this play is entirely in verse. And it's a really beautiful, impressive work, but it was also super, super long. And we had to, I had to cut it in order for us to do a staged reading of it. So that was, that was a very challenging thing to do. I also, at this point, was very interested in finding more women who wrote plays because we wanted to build up our database and the possibilities of plays that we could present so I began doing the research, and that is when I discovered that there were so many women who wrote plays, and I began researching the names of women who wrote plays in English, so in England, America, Ireland, and Australia. And, and when I was covering Australia, I even realized that, that someone was actually uploading information about women playwrights in Australia at the same time I was looking for it. <laughs> So that was very bizarre, but it told me that this is a subject that people are becoming more and more interested in, and there's more and more information available every month that goes by. I was really very struck by the number of plays in countries across the, across the world that were written by women. And then I did start trying to find plays, these scripts that were in English, and that's where I really got stuck, was because I could not find them translated into English. So that's when I started looking in other countries, you know, out of curiosity at first, and then genuine interest, like, wow, you know, Sweden and the Netherlands and Germany and France and Spain and, you know, countries in South America Japan, across Asia. I mean, it's amazing how many women were writing plays and how we don't have access to them because they're not translated into English. We can ask ourselves who throughout the course of history had the power and influence to decide what is important or not important artistically and what are their biases or their prejudices and who has been the arbiter of which human stories are chosen to be revered and retold. And I think the answer isn't women. <laughs> I think it's not. So, and it, you know, it also was not uncommon for a woman to write a play and then for a man to write something very similar and gain all the attention for it. Interesting. Can you think of a specific case in point? Well, one would be Richard Brinsley Sheridan. His mother, Frances Sheridan, was a playwright. And he took some of her scripts and rewrote them. Interesting. Into some of the more popular Sheridan plays that you can think of. And also, there was a woman who wrote plays in the 1600s in France. Her name was Madame Jardinier. And a lot of her characters and plot lines came out into Moliere. Fascinating. So, that must have been yes. an interesting discovery. It is. An, that was an interesting discovery. And... Somehow not surprising. <laughs> hmm. So do you have a, I mean, is there one particular playwright whose life story and whose work has become near and dear to your heart over the course of this project? Oh, that's hard to choose one because there's so many. Mm -hmm. But one of the most shocked 
writers I was surprised to find their plays had not been translated were the plays of George Sand, who was a famous novelist, successful in her time. And she wrote more than 20 plays, which were produced, published, and were very successful in Paris, in France. And I could not find them translated into English. And so people are becoming interested in these writers now. I did do a translation of George Sand's play, Gabriel. It was more of a translation adaptation because it's another one of those situations where this play is like four hours long and it has to be worked a little bit in order to make it more accessible for a modern American audience to watch. Another person is who is also from France, Olympe de Gouges, who wrote dozens of plays, and she lived during the time of the French Revolution. And in fact, um, it was one of her scripts that became her death sentence. She was executed on the guillotine during the bloodiest time of the revolution, the Reign of Terror. Mm -hmm. That's when, you know, neighbor turned on neighbor and... It was just before Napoleon ended up taking over. But she was a woman ahead of her time. Her play that I, I did direct a play. I did not translate it, but I directed a play called The Necessity of Divorce, where she makes the argument that people, men and women, should be able to get divorced in order to have freedom in their lives and be happier. <laughs> and it was it's a comedy, actually. So it was very it's a very interesting piece. When the French Revolution began, the revolutionists published the Vindication of the Rights of Man. You may have heard of that. Mm -hmm. She responded with her own Vindication of the Rights of Women that was also published. So she was in the mix. She was in the thick of it. Another interesting woman is Ana Caro, who wrote during the Spanish Golden Age. And she wrote comic plays with women as the protagonists. And she very subtly satired Lope de Vega and Calderon and, and some of the male writers. But there were many women writers who wrote during the Spanish Golden Age. She wasn't the only one. And interesting that they seem to have been filtered out in so many ways. Exactly. I didn't learn about them in school. Not at all. <laughs> so uh, tell us about the performances. Uh, well, let's back, back up a little bit. Um, once writers and scripts are identified by the project. What what happens? What's the process here? Well, we have, you know, lists of many potential scripts, you know, that are worthy of presentation. And so we try to choose, you know, a mix of different kinds of plays. When we first began, it was all straight live staged readings mm -hmm. in the theater space. But when COVID hit, we turned to putting these putting these presentations online and they proved to be very popular. So going forward, we may do a combination of both live readings as well as putting things online, a presentation of a play online. And currently I am, I'm still working on a translation from the German of Charlotte von Stein's Dido, a tragedy in five acts. She's another very interesting historical woman who wrote plays. And tell us a little bit more about her. So Charlotte von Stein was part of the Weimar Circle, which included writers like Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, Friedrich Schiller, Charlotte and Caroline von Langfeld. And there were many other writers, poets and playwrights and philosophers in this group. But Goethe encouraged 
the women in this circle to write. And he, he gifted them with elegant writing desks to help them do this. And they were very comfortable writing poetry and novels and plays. And Charlotte von Stein wrote a play called Dido, A Tragedy in Five Acts. Most people would assume that it was based on Virgil's the Aeneid, Dido and Aeneas, which is, he was a Roman writer. But Charlotte von Stein actually based her play on the legend of Dido, which is very different. In the Aeneid is, is the story of how Aeneas gets back from the Trojan Wars and he stops in Africa and he meets Dido and she falls in love with him, but he leaves her and then throws herself on the funeral pyre. In this version, there is no Aeneas. This is just about Dido and her being the queen and the neighboring king has decided that he wants her kingdom. And it's everything that she goes through to retain her power and not allow the this neighboring king to... He want, He's trying to get her ha- hand in marriage so that he can take over everything basically. So interesting. It's much less a traditional or not so traditional romantic story in the case of the, the the latter version, but it's much more about a political power struggle. It's much more about a political power struggle. Exactly. And that's the huge difference. There is a, a number of Dido plays, like Christopher Marlowe wrote a version of Dido, but he based it on Virgil. And most other plays are based on Virgil, and this one is not. It's very different. So it's an example, perhaps, of how men tend to cast women in these somewhat romantic secondary roles, whereas a woman looking at the same story will see it very differently. But our history has been formed by male playwrights and male authors. Very interesting. It's a very different version of the, the legend of Dido, and it's the original version. (laughs) which has been totally submerged by all the men who have tried to rework it on their own, on their own terms. Exactly. Okay. That's a great example. Uh, So the On Her Shoulders project has been producing and you have been translating. That sounds like a daunting task. It is a very daunting task. My French and my German were a bit rusty when I first decided that I should do this. And so I, I had to do a bunch of boning up to feel confident in what I was doing. But I also realized that, you know, dictionaries go a long way to helping you discover, you know, what these words are actually mean. It's been very exhilarating as well. And it's also thrilling when you finally figure out something that you bang in your, you've been banging your head against the wall trying to figure out what this phrase means. And then all of a sudden you get it. And it's like, oh, fabulous. You know, that's a very fulfilling thing, but it is challenging. And especially the German was a more archaic kind of German. And some of those words I was not prepared for. <laughs> Lynn Marie, you, you, know, you say your French and your German were rusty. Uh, most people in the United States are, speak one language. How is it that you also know French and German? Well, I studied German when I was in grade school, believe it or not, the school I attended taught German to 10-year-olds, which was great. And I just kept studying it. And I also had a father and stepmother who were German teachers, which, of course, 
<laughs> definitely supports that line of study. And we actually lived in Germany for a year. So I did get very, very good at German. And while I was there, I started studying French. So I studied French in German, which was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you must truly have an aptitude, which was developed by circumstance, but that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. And I continued studying when I got to college, and I studied French and German, and I even studied some Dutch because I was fascinated by Dutch, which is interesting. But I would I would like to learn more languages. I hate to just like limit myself to just those and I would like to I kind of a lot of it is just based on my own family history the German I have German in my background and I have Dutch and I have French and I also have Swedish so I'd like to learn that and some Italian I have I would like to learn all of that congratulations that's a great accomplishment thanks well I'm going to keep working on it all (laughs) So, Lynn Marie, how can people find out more and get involved with the On Her Shoulders project? How would you like people to get involved with the project? Well, definitely go to uh, the New Perspectives website. And that's the best way to enter the database and find out more about all these amazing women who wrote plays. And also, if you're interested in scripts, the Hedge Pig Ensemble and their Expand the Canon is creating a database of scripts. That's a really good place to start. And we are hoping that more educational institutions will be interested in teaching more about all these things that we've discovered, all these scripts and all these writers and all this history. And if you see that there's a a woman playwright that you might be familiar with that is not listed in the database, feel free to let us know. And we'll be happy to look into it. I think it's important that women know, women who write plays now, know that there's a thousand-year tradition of women successfully writing plays. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful note to end on. And I, we will post those links on our website and encourage people to learn more. So thank you, Lynn Marie, for being with us today. Always wonderful to talk to you. And uh, please come and see Lynn Marie's work at the Theater Project or also at New Perspectives in the City. Thanks, Marks. Thanks for having me. And that's another thing I would definitely suggest is for everyone to go out and see plays that are written by women and support women writers. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Theater Project Thinks About. Our audio engineer was Gary Glore, and our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit thetheaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please consider leaving a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.